Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. You've got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Number 15 in our 50 most relevant. We are getting real close to the coveted top 10 spot. It's an interesting player to get to. Joining me to talk about Josh Dunkley. I've got fellow panellist Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, MJ. If Josh Dunkley was a stock in the back half of 2020, we went from top, top, top to dropping to a little bit more dropping. And I think he's still a guy at the moment that is super, super polarising because some people just love him and they see the upside. And then some people are, you know, I think rightfully, worried what Luke Beveridge will do with the absolute plethora of mids that he's got in his team. Yeah, well, they, they have got an absolute bucket load. We have already talked about McRae. We've already talked about Bontempelli. We've already talked about Trelaw in the 50 Most Relevant. You can go and read those articles at coachespanel.tv. But here's what I'll tell you. Before we look through any more of his profile, we talk about his previous history and what might eventuate in 2021. I'll tell you this. Had the trade gone through to Essendon, this was the bloke idea marked as the number one for the 2021 50 most relevant. That's how clear and above I think he is in some certain scoring criteria. Had Adam Trelaw not joined the club, I'd put him at about eight or nine inside these 50 most relevant. Yeah, I'm that crazy guy that's doing fantasy footy 11 and a half months a year, um, just like you. But now just a little outside of the top 10, but if, If all the things go his way, we are looking at the clear number one forward in 2021. MJ, I'll I'll raise you one bit. Oh, good. Josh Dunkley is in a list of five or six guys I have. If they were the top scorer in either either format, super coach or dream team, I would not be surprised. That Mm. is how high I have his scoring capabilities. Again, does that mean I see him as that guy? Sure. There's a lot of unknowns. But if you want to talk about if everything fell right, yep, he's in that group of guys that could be that number one player in the competition. I think mm. that says all we need to know. I know you're going to go deep. You always go deep yes. into the numbers. But that's the type of fantasy profile he has. It's true. And he's shown it before. And I'll let you dive into your numbers because I know oh. you put way too much work in them to not bring them up. Oh, thank you very much. Look, he's only 24 years old. That's the biggest number I've found for you right there. At the Western Bulldogs, he is a DPP candidate for us. And in 2020, despite some interruptions, both through injury and multiple roles, still delivered some really nice scores for us. Top score in AFL Fantasy last year against the Saints. It was a 108, while it was 151 against the West Coast Eagles. Kane's already alluded to the fact that he's got some really, really nice ceiling. 2019 against Melbourne, your boys, Kane. Boy, did he put on a clinic in 2019. He joined the 200 club in Supercoach, a career high score of 202. In that same game, he wasn't far off a 200 as well. It was a 189. Last year, a seasonal average in Dream Team at Fantasy of 77.7. You want to play the adjusted averages game? That's up around that 97 range. While in Supercoach, again, maybe you're going, oh, Dunkley didn't have a great year last year. 104, my friend, is the seasonal average. In that format, he's going to set you back just over 560K, 741,000 in AFL Fantasy, and in Dream Team, just under 720,000. 
And we've already alluded to this 2020 year, haven't we, Kane? Like it was up, down, left and right for Josh. He was at one moment, he was leaving the club. Another, he's not. Another moment, he's leaving the club. Another, he's not. At one moment, he's a ruckman. At one moment, he's a defensive forward. At one moment, he's a defensive midfielder. Another moment, he's an attacking midfielder. Like everything went crazy for Josh in 2020. And yet here we are looking at a guy that is so still fantasy relevant, irregardless of all these craziness in the moments that happened. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? If you've suffered a syndesmosis injury, often you don't even get back, let alone be able to perform at a decent level. And, and that's what Josh was able to do. You look at his averages when he returned, it's pretty much what he was delivering prior. Like really, he went at 77 DT, which you know is just about 96 if we want to yep. do the conversion and 103 super coach. So you look at that, Alain, there wasn't a lot of, there was one big game, the game against West Coast when he had a 151 in super coach, but the rest was, you know, either low hundreds or um, again, he didn't have a really a bad game at all. It just wasn't the spectacular ones. His low score was 87. And then on the DT side, there was some lower games, but there was also, you know, two above a hundred unconverted. So the scoring power was there, albeit in a poor role. And for me, when I look at Josh and I think if he's delivering a converted 96 and 103 super coach, which is what he's priced at anyway. Yeah. So if that's, you know, even if it drops a few points, you know, a course of a whole season playing that role. Sure. If that's sort of the downside for me, that's, you know, it's a mid to low nineties guy in DT and probably a mid to high nineties guy in super coach. Yeah. I think if that's my worst case scenario, that still puts him, you know, at least in the top 10 forwards. Yeah. But I get really excited, obviously, about the upside. And if we jump back to 2019, MJ, yes, I know please. you've probably got these numbers in front of you, but he averaged 111 DT, 116 Supercoach across the whole 22-game season. Rounds one to six. And actually, I'm going to backpedal one second because this is where some people were a bit upset with him. The back end of 2018, his last six games of the season, so mm. last five, he went at 118 DT, 132 Supercoach. Huge. So it was that huge back end of the season. We were all excited. We were all up and about to get on him in 2019 because the year prior, we'd seen Toby McLean inherit that back half of the season role, yeah. carry it on and be a massive pick for us. We jump forward to 2019. We're all excited. Starts the season super slow. That, mm. that mid-time's not quite there to the level. Goes at 78 DT, 86 super coach has a shift into the midfield in round seven and comes home in the last 16 games, 124 DT, Amazing. 128 super coach points, MJ. And if you look at some of the key numbers, and we talk about this a lot with those top end guys, is what's the score build? Mm. You look at Josh Dunkley in this 16 game stretch, 32.7 disposals per game, four and a half marks, 6.6 tackles a game. Like if you can do that sort of stuff, if you can have a score build where you're getting that much of the ball, mm. yet you can also rack up some solid mark numbers and some really, really strong tackle numbers. Yeah. Like that's just the type of thing that makes you have that ability. Like if you can go 124 for a 16 game season, like you think yeah. about that, that's pretty much what the whole of 2020 was in time, in terms of <laughs> as a 17 game season, right? Yeah. And we had Max Gorn go at 98 converted, which is mm. funnily enough, just shy of the 124 that Josh Dunkley did for a 16 game stretch. So that's why I had him in that tier of guys that if it all fell right, yeah, 
this guy is a genuine number one player, regardless of his forward status. Yeah. Like it's insane numbers. What and again, we didn't get to see it last year. Yeah. And you mentioned his, his ceiling. That's what it is. When you've got that ability to build your score that way. He did have a couple of, you know, quieter games, I'd say, when he did have that midfield role. There was a 77 in there. There was a 71 in DT in that stretch. Sure. But when you can reel off scores of 145, 158, the 189, a 150, like, it just makes it so much easier. And that's what he has that separates him from a lot of other really good mids is he can actually make up for, you know, a poor score in the 70s with ceiling. And that's what you need, isn't it? With these these big boys that we're looking to pick, you need ceiling about them. He's got some inherent value in him. If you believe what we saw at the back of 2018, for three quarters of 2019, and glimpses in 2020, if you believe he's going to get anywhere near those opportunities, not even recreate the 2019 back midfield role, but even anywhere near it, then he's right in the mix. Now, the benefit of him is if he was a midfielder, the risk certainly is much higher because now you're starting to pick him alongside the Cripses, the Sloans, um, the Heppels is a couple of hundred thousand cheaper, the Tarantos, the Kellys who's underpriced, the Canelios. And now all of a sudden you're going, oh, okay, the threshold of scoring, he has to be the 105 guy. He has to be the 110 guy because if he doesn't, then it hurts. But because he's a forward, the scoring threshold, even with some great top-tier options, is considerably less. So a 95, which was his adjusted average, just a little under from last year, is what he did the year prior in Fantasy and Dream Team, or that low hundreds marker of the past few years in Supercoach, even if he only goes 90 to 95, it's a dip of 5 to 10 points per game. Yeah, it's not ideal. So the worst-case scenario is it's not quite as big, and it doesn't hurt as much. As you love to say, conversely, if everything goes right, if he gets midfield moments, if he gets an attacking forward opportunity, because he scores through there. You look at what he did last year across his seasonal averages. He ranked um, fourth for tackles per game across the league and fourth for tackles inside 50s per game. So he brings something to this Western Bulldog unit as a one type of player that often they need multiples to fill. Yeah, Bontempelli's got some defensive components to him. McRae doesn't have heaps. Um, Hunter doesn't have heaps. Trelaw, just ask a Collingwood fan, doesn't have heaps of defensive work in them. What Dunkley does is he brings to that Western Bulldogs midfield rotation, however much he gets, ball-winning abilities, strong on the inside, Above average on the outside. Yep, not elite, but he's above average on the outside. Incredible endurance. Great, great defensive outwork. And a really strong overhead mark, who then, when he's up forward, uses all these same skill sets to apply ground ball pressure, defensive pressure, and a really nice goal sense. So for me, I look at all the upside. I look at what he's done over all the year. And then you've got to ask yourself this question. How bad could this go for me? Like genuinely, what's the bottom that this could get? Where do you think, knowing he's fully fit, coming off of syndosmosis injury that you've alluded to, Kane, like 
where could this go categorically pear-shaped for us? Is it that start to the 2019 season? Is that as bad as it's going to get? Well, maybe. Again, that was 78 DT, 86 Supercoach. Yeah. The hard thing for that is that was just – that Pure was a point. bad stretch, clearly. Yeah. The other thing is he didn't have a good game in there and he's no. just going to have good games. So sometimes, you know, in seasons, that's just going to happen. So it's hard when you, like, pluck out a sample size in a bigger year because, you know, the stats after show that he went absolutely nuts. He went crazy. Like, NJ, if we want to look back at, you know, let's look back at a guy that was sensational last year, like a Lockie yeah. Neal. Yeah. Even him in his last six games, his last five games, excuse me, went at 79 DT. So let's call it, you know, 99. Sure. And 107 Supercoach. For a guy that was going at 146 Supercoach beforehand, wow. that does look a bit disastrous. The thing is, I think the worst case scenario is if he plays the similar role he had last year, albeit I don't see the ruck time yeah. going in there, I think he could fall to an 85 across the board. Yeah. So for me, there's 10 points of downside. Now, I think the potential of him getting back to 120 is maybe a 10% chance. Yeah, I think sure. the, te- the chances of him going to 85 is probably similar. Yeah. Again, for me, I think he gets back in the midfield personally and i think he's probably around the 110 across the board that's where i really have him again in that forward line that's clearly putting you in the top six hundred percent again as you mentioned off the top 24 years old we've already had some big scoring runs from this guy and clearly last year the bulldogs actually had a lot of health in that midfield unit tom liberatore who'd been injured a lot in the past um, was almost back to his, you know, third and fourth year best. Year best yeah. So clearly that made it hard. But I think in terms of for Josh Tonka to get in, but I think it made it really easy for Beveridge. I've got a guy off a syndesmosis injury. I've got yeah. Tom Libertore absolutely killing it. I think now with a summer to construct this yes. side, I can't see Josh Dunkley getting any less opportunities. So for me, I think there's a good chance he just holds. Yeah. And if he's holding what you what he's delivered, you know, 96 and 104 across the formats, I'm more than comfortable with that as a forward. Yeah. Again, the reason I'm going with him is if I don't start him and he plays pure midfield role in a Ooh. four to five week season, I'm going to have to he's gonna take the game away from me and I'm going to have to make a decision then and there. Am I moving heaven and earth? Am I moving a premium player to this guy? For instance, yeah. an Isaac Heaney's not going to run away from me. No. Again, even if he has a great stretch, it's probably 110. Yep. If Josh Dunkley has a good stretch, it can be 140. It's as like, good as anyone in the of, game. Yeah. It's as good as anyone. Because if he pops one of those 160, 170, 180 games that he's shown he can do, now, now things get really tricky. So that's where when I'm looking at guys, I'd rather go with the guy that could hurt someone else. Yeah. And risk that he gets a poor role and is stuck in the forward line. And, you know, maybe I have to suffer through some 85s and 90s. But I also know that if anything happens to those midfielders and he regains that role, even if he doesn't start the season that way, I think in 2019, people learned their lesson. With Josh Dunkley, once you start him, unfortunately, you're going to have to hold at least till the bye. Because if if anything happens around him, he's shown he can absorb that role and thrive. So that's where I weigh it up and go, 
but I want to take a safe guy. And again, another safe guy is probably Dustin Martin. Yeah. I think we know what we're going to get with Dustin. Yeah. Super durable, right. yeah. super consistent, and it's always going to be around the top 10 forwards. Yeah. But personally, if you want to push into the top tier, I want to go on my team that can take it away from other people and make people who don't start him yeah. have to think and have to make a decision and potentially have to use a trade mm. sideways at round two or something like that to, to get on that train. Because we've seen, if these guys leave the station, Lockie Neal last year, Jake Lloyd, Max mm. Gorn, Grundy in previous years, and even the one that stands out a lot to me was Jackson McRae when he broke out a few years ago. Yeah. People thought, it's a run, it's a run, it's got to stop. I can't, I can't pay that yeah. much. And next thing you know, the guy's going 130 till he gets hurt. And that's the type of guy I want in my team because I want, if it's going to go right, yeah. and especially when I have the odds of it really going right as much as I have it going wrong, totally. I want, I want that guy in my team, MJ, because I just know it is so hard to recover when you're not on the end, if you're not on the team with that type of guy, mm. especially when you've seen the ceiling before. It's there. We've seen it for stretches, long stretches. Yeah, and that's even without the exclusive midfield role, even when playing in that forward line. Go back to his junior season and look at some of the numbers he did in 2016. He played almost exclusively as a pressure forward and a goal-kicking forward. What did he do in his third game of AFL footy? A 115 in AFL fantasy and 89 in supercoach. Across that debut year, multiple tons, multiple 90s without midfield rotation. Yes, that's five years ago. I get that. But the point is this, as Kane so beautifully, mate, you talked about, the upside is so good and so strong and the risk of not getting him as opposed to the risk of getting him and going wrong, I know which side of the risk I would rather choose to be on. The thing is that this too, and I'll get your take on in a minute, if someone already clicked on this podcast episode, chances are you've already got an opinion on him. You already go, I'm all in or I'm all out. And there's not one darn thing you've heard that's going to change your mind. Because even if you see Bevo playing through the Amy Community Series match in the midfield, you go, it's Beveridge. He's just moving the magnets. Also, you see him in the forward. You go, told you, that's what he's doing it. But whatever your core belief is, I don't think many people are going to be swayed and moved because for whatever reason, legitimately or genuinely or not, people have closed their minds for the better or worse around Josh Dunkley. Oh, MJ, you took the words directly out of my mouth. I think the preseason is not going to tell us anything. Not a thing. Because it can change for the better or for the worse. Yeah. Come round two, three, four, whenever. Like it's going to be how the team is playing. And that's going to be, if it works and Dunkley's in there, great. Conversely, if he's up forward and they're playing poor, again, as they say, beverage is going to spin the magnets. Now, I do get people who will take the opposite view, yeah. hoping for the downside. Absolutely. I get that. I want to have a look. I want to see how it goes. I don't think he's going to get off to that mega start. Maybe he starts well and it's 110 sure. and I pay 50K more for him, but I want to have a look. Get All that. I would say with that is, and again, everyone can play it however they want. I think I've made my views on Josh Dunkley pretty clear. I think so. But, but... I would just say the player you are taking him on with, you better be very confident in because in that forward line, we're going to be to previous podcasts where you, you know, quite quickly poked holes in some of the key players Mm -hmm. because they've all got some, especially at this stage of the preseason with, you know, a few suffering injuries, a few 
you know, maybe not getting the role they've had in the past. You need to be very confident with the player you're taking this guy on with. Because mm-hmm. as I said, same price, pound for pound. This guy can put 20 points on you a week. Yeah, One player. And, all and as I said, when, when you're forced to make a decision about a guy, hey, I have to get this guy now. Or it's 50K extra next week because he's got a 180 to his name. Yeah. Just be prepared that if it goes that way, which clearly I'm hoping it does, mm. be prepared. You might have to shake things up in your team to get this guy in because yeah. quite clearly he could be 10 points better than the next best forward. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I think he will be. Like, I, I think he will be better than Dangerfield and Sidebottom um, in 2021. I, I'm really comfortable that I think he's going to be the number one forward across the formats this year. And that's why for me, I'm just starting him. Because if it goes wrong, which we've already said, the downside, it's not that far down for me this year. Like, yes, we've got a great top seven or eight forwards, but then the gap between seven and eight and 25, how big of a gap is it? Maybe not that much. So I would always err, err on the side of upside and growth of a player, knowing how big he could be in contrast to the downside where it's just, I mean, in the middle some of people the are wired differently though, MJ. And that's they, fine they, too. Want to, they, want, they want to see it. Again, the hard thing with seeing it is he, he could easily, he could, well, that's, that's the thing. What if he starts midfield for six, seven weeks and you go, oh my God, he's 125 plus. I've I got to get on. i got to get this guy. I can't watch another. How many times do you hear this? I can't watch another game or yeah. another round of footy not having this guy. And then what happens? The Bulldogs lose two or three games in a row. Hey, we need okay. to switch this up. Like that's, that's the risk as well is you could easily yeah. bring this guy in, pay top dollar and that role changes. Beverage. So yeah. yeah, again, we don't know how it's going to go. Obviously I'm just going to back a guy in that's shown me the ceiling of all ceilings and he's a Ford. Yeah. And there's a bit of chaos in that line now. And also MJ, finally, He's not round 14 by. No. Finally. Yes, we got one. We can finally, again, plug a premium in that is going to be available for me in round 14. It's it's kind of nice. Who would have thought? I think the key thing for you as you listen to this episode, and we'll talk drafting in a second, is simply this. The reason you hear Kane being really, really bullish, you know, me clearly quite confident to say I think he's the number one forward this year, is we've done our elements of research that we feel confident with what we see. You might do the same research and go, I don't see that. That's actually okay. That's the benefit of the preseason. It's about doing your research. It's about having good conversations, about seeing things, and then backing those decisions in. And whether you're right or you're wrong, ultimately time will be the great revealer. But just because I'm keen or Kane's keen doesn't mean you go, well, I pick them because the boys are. That, that, that's a terrible way of playing fantasy footy. We haven't seen your whole team, Andrew. That's the thing. Yeah, when we make these decisions, it's based on our team. And as you said, the metrics we like. Again, someone might jump onto fan footy say and look at Josh Dunkley and go, he's only played 22 games in one season. Like, he's, he's, only, he's, he's only... Exactly. Like you look at how many... He's played 72 home and away games across five years. Not in. Like, it's not great. Yeah. It's, no no one would say that's great. It's, you know, it's pretty much, you know, what is it? Nearly... 14 games a season. Like, it doesn't yeah. sound great. You could question durability. Again, I think, and I think if you dig deeper, you know some of it was he was a young player that actually wasn't in the team. Yeah. But, hey, there has been injuries in there. And there has yep. been some form. And there clearly has been some role issues. So, as you said, we're confident, clearly. But don't just take our word for it. 
do your work. Put all of it into the pot. See the other players you may or may not like. You might love round 13. You might yeah. have Bulldogs coming out of everywhere, you know, Blues, all that type of stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. it's your team. Again, I hope you've at least enjoyed the discussion around <laughs> Dunkley. But again, that's why it's so fun because something that me and you might gravitate towards as a really important totally. metric in our research, people might go, I don't, see, I don't see the relevance of it. Yeah, no, it's fair enough too. Good call, man. All right. Where is he going on draft day? Because as we mentioned right at the top of the episode and several times throughout, there's like a varying range. For some, he could be as early as a, a late first round pick. For others, they don't might not want anything to do with him inside the first five rounds. Where's the sweet spot of getting Josh Dunkley, knowing how high the highs could be and that the lows could be based on where you might draft him on draft day, it could hurt you if it goes wrong. Where yeah. are you picking him on draft day? Yeah, this is tough because I've obviously put my hand on the table. So personally, I would love to get him. I'd love to have a pick on the turn. Give me pick 10 and 11. Yeah. And I'll take him there because, yeah. again, people talk about this player could win your draft. And the amount of times I hear people talk about a guy that could go from 84 mid to 92 mid, like, I'm sorry, that's not going to win you your draft. <laughs> In all honesty, Josh Dunkley is the type of player that can win you your draft. We've talked about a lot. If you're a back or a forward, add 10 points to your average to compare them to a mid or a ruck. Just by the way, the scarcity works across the positions. That's typically a very simple way of doing it. Yeah. So, MJ, if I've got this guy as being, I think, 110 to 115, that's a 125 type of value. Like that's first round. If the season that, yeah. finished and they said, and they said, this guy is the most valuable player, you know, he's so much better than the 50th best forward, he's so much better than the 10th best forward, yada, yada, yada. That's where he could get to. Clearly, though, there are some safer guys. Yeah. There are genuinely some safer guys. But so for me, if I can get him on 10 or 11, I'm really, really happy because he is a guy that is a genuine match winner. Worst case scenario, yes. If he goes 85, he's probably, I should have got him in about the eighth or the ninth. Like yeah. really, that's, he's in a pack of so many of those forwards. Yeah. And he'll but still again, probably be your F1 though in that case. Exactly. Again, I'm, I'm taking that upside and that belief that I've got in, in Josh and his role that I would take again, the one, two turn, yeah. which is obviously a late one, early two. There will definitely be some drafts where he's available in the mid third. Yeah. Is that where you've got, sort of got him? Where do you think? I think, he, I think he's a legit second round pick for me. I, I, I think the sweet spot, knowing what we've got available in the forwards, knowing that how deep that top tier of forwards is somewhere in that second round, I'd be really, really comfortable. Um, if you have an early first round pick, the dream is you lock away a Grundy, a Gorn type pick early on. Um, maybe even a Lloyd you might choose to go for. And he might fall to you. It, that's where you've got to know your league as well. Mm. Know the trends that are coming through there. So, look, Would me, you take him over a Rory Laird? As a, just a pluck a name out? Uh, or would you take Rory Laird ahead of Dunkley? It depends this is the where type I'm of player I, They're both available to you. In what you're, round? Let's just, say you're, let's just say you're at pick 10 and 11. You've got the I'll turn. Pick 10 and 11? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take them both. You take both of them. That was a I'm horrible thing both. to say. What about, nine and, what about 9 and 12? Uh, 9 and 12, I'm taking Dunkley because I think there's more in the top end of defenders than there is in the top end of forwards. Even if it's a little bit Because I think that's not the guy that people are going to be weighing him up with. I think yeah. he's getting into 
the Whitfield territory. Yeah. Again, some people have concerns about Whitfield's sure. body, which drops him a little bit. I think he's in the Laird territory. Yeah. I think he's starting to get obviously side bottom. He's going to be with just as a similar forward. Yeah. That we depending on how Danger's next few weeks go. By the time drafts roll around, he'll be in that type of discussion. I know we're big on probably only two mids even going in the first, in the first 10, ten picks. Yeah. Just with the even of us evenness of it. So that's where I've got him. But I can I can I can see a draft where people yeah. go. No, I'm, I'm a bit scared. A I'm a bit scared and I really like, you know, I like a lead. I like a Whitfield. I I'll like a, a side bottom. I'll take a Marshall. I'll take so, these guys. Yeah. Again, he will be polarizing. And that's the hard thing about draft is how long do you wait? Because I think personally, if I had a chance of getting him again around that late one, early two, I want to take him and and, play, and hope for the best. Yeah, me too. And again, I, again, people are wired differently and they'll say, yeah. make him someone else's problem. But unfortunately, sometimes those are the guys that become your problem in the last four weeks of the season when you're playing them in finals. That's a very good point. Well, there you go. That's what we think about Josh Dunkley. Do you agree or disagree? Get in touch with us over social media at the Coaches Panel and let us know what you think. You can go back and read the article right now at coachespanel.tv. All the players revealed so far, their articles are there. The links for the Spotify and Apple iTunes podcast, you can get it by Google Podcasts as well. Go back and check them out. If you're just getting into your fantasy footy research for 2021, mate, there is hours and hours of reading and listening for you to catch up on. Go check it out. And of course, if you're loving what you're getting from the coaches panel in 2021, join our Patreon supporter group. There's exclusive access to different contents, hidden groups, cash prizes, leagues, team reveals, uh, heaps of stuff that you can get involved in. All the links for that you can find at coachespanel.tv. Well, we're nearly done of the teams. And you probably, if you're playing along at home, have feel like you've got maybe 10, maybe 12. Gosh, maybe you're pretty confident with the 14 players that you think are left in my top 50. And maybe you're right, but have you got the order? Tomorrow, I might just ruin your order altogether. Give it up. Now give it truth. Give it up.